You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Matt. And our sentience depends on you. I'll cue the intro music. Hemology, it is called, because of the connection to blood. It is not a coincidence, I believe, that death is always involved in the transfer of powers via hemology. Marsh once described it as messy, as a Marsh once described it as a messy process, not the adjective I would have chosen. It's not disturbing enough. Ruin's consciousness was trapped by the well of ascension, kept mostly impotent. That night, when we discovered the well for the first time, we found something we didn't understand, a black smoke clogging one of the rooms. Though we discussed it after the fact, we couldn't decide what that was. How could we have possibly known? The body of a god, or rather the power of a god, since the two are really the same thing. Ruin and preservation inhabited power and energy the same way a person inhabits flesh and blood. Ooh! Ruin and preservation. Ruin and preservation. And, okay, now, what? Let's just mm-hmm. break that down for a second. Let's go back to Well of Ascension a little bit here. The smoke that they encountered was the body of a god? Or the power of a god? Which is the same thing. Oh, boy, okay. We're going to jump into it here. Chapter 13, all right? Very, very short chapter again. These March chapters are very short, but they provide so much outlook, essentially, here. So much uh, a great point of view on the other side, and a scary point of view. Marsh finally has time to himself, and he's thinking. Ruin has a Kolos army of over 300,000. 300,000. Ellen and Vin's army is at 20,000 right now. 300,000 Koloss, and it's doing nothing. They're just killing each other, but one thing that Marsh points out is that they can eat the dead plants underneath the ash and survive, and he's like, I don't think it matters what they eat. As long as something goes in their stomach, they're fine. But he's in the north, and he's near Terrace. And um, not the Terrace that we know that is the central dominance. He's in the new Terrace. And... Marsh says that he has the most new spikes out of any Inquisitor. He has 10 new spikes and he that he is the most powerful Steel Inquisitor that is out there right now. We get a point of view, we get Marsh looking at how he loved Mare and he mentioned how he he gave up too early. He left the Scholar Rebellion because he thought it was useless, you know. He gave up right before they had won and he's kind of having a pity party for himself about how it's not fair that Kelsier comes back after having done nothing and did everything right yet. Mare chose Kelsier for a reason, and all he can think about is the reason is is that Kelsier never gives up. That is the reason why Mare chose correctly. So Marsh decides that he wants to still fight, and he he feel and Ruin feels like he can leave him alone when he doesn't fight, when he doesn't try to resist. And so Marsh says to himself, "You know, this is all I can do. It's the best I can do. All I have to give is this, my life." And so he's going to sit and wait. And if he doesn't struggle for long enough, Ruin might relinquish his control just enough that he can remove Ruin's most influential and important tool. He can kill himself. And by killing himself, the way Kelsier did to free the Ska, he could give his friends the chance they might need to defeat a literal god. That's the end of part one. 
Part 2, the beginning of Part 2, Chapter 14. We get Spook's point of view. And, uh... Boy, do we see something interesting. And they, I'm just going I just want to say this now. I love how the epigraphs are structured in this book. We get introduced to something in the book and then the epigraph almost always explains exactly what that was literally the next chapter. And it's awesome. So we get Spook's point of view here and Spook is permanently flaring and burning tin. He it mentions he's burned tin for nonstop for a year straight. He's even got to a point where his body burns it in his sleep. And it's changed his body. Um, he said he used to do it as a penance for, for, for leaving clubs to die in the Siege of Lufadel. He would do it because it would hurt him to have his senses always so heightened. But he learned that by doing it, you know, there were stories that if you always burned your metals, it would do something to your body. And he's like, well, those stories were right. Because now my senses are, or his senses are just like incredibly sensitive. Um, and he says he did it because he feels the need to be useful. And we kind of saw this at the end of Well of Ascension when, when he kept talking about how useless he was and how he needed to be more useful. Well, we're seeing this play out now with, with him doing this to himself. And so uh, we, get to, uh, we get a little bit of background on what Orto is. Orto used to be the home to the Venture. So this used to be where, where Elend and Strath Venture uh, lived. But after it's collapsed, it's gone like super downhill Spook remembers Ellen giving giving speeches and warning about the dangers of continued bloodshed after they, they took over when the Lord Ruler died. And Spook sees it firsthand now. What happens when a rebellion goes unchecked? And it's essentially the Skull leaders. Uh, Skull Rebellion is in charge here. And they are just killing everyone noble. They're destroying everything noble. It's to the point where it's like, you are not allowed to wear certain colors. Because those were colors nobility wore. And it is just like a, a complete overcorrection to the other side. And Sp Spook's like, you know what? I'm going to sneak into the citizen's home. And the citizen is the king. I'm going to call him the king. That's not his official position, but that's what he is. He is the king of Orto. And he goes by the citizen. Um, but we get, a, we get we learn a little bit that Spook's actually sneaking in here mostly to see a girl. Uh, and he's like, well, you know. I like seeing the girl, but I'm I'm going to listen to this meeting. And when he goes to listen, his condition, whatever's happening to Spook, whatever's making his, his senses overly sensitive here, um, it's letting him hear conversations through completely closed doors and windows. And he's, he's even talking about he doesn't even have to get close. He just can hear everything. And so he's listening, and it turns out that the meeting's discussing Ellen Venture and how he's doing and how he's conquering everyone. And one of the one of the advisors to the citizens like, we should probably make a treaty with Ellen. You know, we should probably join under the Empire because we're going to get conquered. And the citizen's like, no. Like, this is not what the survivor wanted. This isn't what anything wanted. This is like, we should be ruling. We shouldn't be putting uh, another nobleman in. And that is essentially the end of this chapter. We're getting the first little bits of a glimpse into it. So two really short chapters. Again, we're getting a bit of a buildup here. We're getting, again, the tension is starting to be, starting to kind of get racked up a bit. And man. So a few like key things that we're going to have to carry for us in the, in the, over the next uh, 60 chapters. Um, <laughs> Marsh has the most spikes out of any inquisitor. Um, and we know that each spike essentially is giving them like a different thing they can do or that's what it seems like anyway mm -hmm. um it's amplifying their power so 
Marsh also knows that he's sitting behind with 300,000 Coloss, and he says he's basically being held back. Uh, Ruin's not using him for some reason. Um, and it goes through like, you know, he's struggling and he's he's got a new sense of resolve because he's not going to fight anymore. He's instead going to bide his time and just wait uh, essentially for a critical moment where he'll take himself out, um, which, OK, I mean, that's a thing. And then we and all of our Marsh chapters so far have been essentially like this, where we kind of get a piece of like what's going on with his mind, what's going on. And we also get to see a little bit of like something going on with Rowan um, because he says, you know, he has an idea of what the other Inquisitors are doing, but he's not quite sure. He just knows that he knows that he's going to have a special part to play. Um, and then we get Spook, uh, who's been flaring 10 ever since Clubs died. Because uh, he feels guilty, essentially, um, over the fact that he and Alan and Vin, he was sent out with them to try to distract them, to try to go up north to get them out to safety, unbeknownst to them, um, while the battle was happening. And then Clubs ended up dying during the Battle on Will of Ascension. Um, the interesting thing about about Orto, and I never really understood this, but this is some... some uh, uh, definitions that we should be aware of going forward. Uh, so Orto used to have a bunch of canals and they, you know, they went dry like a hundred years ago. And so what they get is they get these things called slots. So like their main like boulevard, their main avenue of travel is this big, deep pit, you know, canal that goes through like a, a road. So people are up on top, almost like they're on a wall. Um, and then everyone else is on the bottom and that's where they kind of formed all the, you know, the markets and things like that. Um, I just forgot about that. So what mm -hmm. happens is there's a, later on in another chapter, they start talking about slots. That's kind of what they're describing. They're describing these like cuts of canals that go through cause they don't have like roads. They have these slots. Um, and, uh, Spook is basically seeing what, Spook is basically seeing what uh, Ellen uh, had, you basically had nightmares about from Final Empire. In Final Empire, uh, Ellen runs out and he meets up with uh, Dachshund and says, look, if you guys just go start going crazy, I've read about this. There's going to be just bloodlust. And everyone's going to kill everyone. They're going to burn everything down and you're not going to be able to form anything. Orto is basically exactly like that. Um, and not only do they not like no nobles, they don't like anything like associated with nobles they don't want let anyone wear co colors because colorful clothes are what nobles wear they don't let anyone ride horses because only nobles are not good enough to walk on the uh, walk on the ground um and they are actually killing people who not only have uh you know are nobles but even have like recent noble blood in their history um and so like this is kind of like ellen's nightmare that spook is walking around in He's considered like a spy, you know, amongst mm -hmm. them. Um, but, you know, he's just trying to kind of figure it out. And then he's probably likely going to develop his own plans, you know, going through here because he's the only one of the finger quotes crew like left over in the in the city right now before uh, saves it in and uh, Breeze end up showing up. Um, but like you said, it's a relatively short, you know, couple of chapters. Um I don't know if I have much more to touch up on because we're going to get into it. No, I don't really have any more either, but I think what you did was excellent, laying out the groundwork and laying out, like you said, the definitions here of what we're going to be seeing. And in the next couple of chapters, we're going to see Vin struggle to come to terms with the mist itself and finally admitting that 
it's most likely her enemy. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.